0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is
1: what you missed. Tomorrow is a 9-11, 20th anniversary wow. of the attack on New York City. And like so many things in your life, if you're a certain age, there are moments that you remember and where you were. And, and certainly I, I remember, as so many of us do, that beautiful September morning of complete clear skies and just that, that perfect, perfect, perfect weather for September. And then, uh, well, just after, I guess, uh, 8.30 or closer to 9 o'clock is when it all started uh, happening. And those planes were going into the buildings. And uh, so at Ground Zero tomorrow, they will once again uh, name everybody who who died. Almost 3,000 people between uh, the Pentagon and uh, Ground Zero at the World Trade Towers and, of course, in Pennsylvania. I didn't realize, though, that 20 people actually were pulled from the rubble. Mm. One woman still alive. 20 people still alive. One woman, uh, 27 hours she was oh, really? under the rubble before they were able to get to her. Oh. And it's interesting, you know, they, on Netflix right now they've got this um, this documentary on nine eleven, 11 And I, I've wanted to watch it, but I can't bring myself to because, man, we've all seen the video of those towers going down so many times. They're just... They're tattooed into our brains. Yep. you know. Um, but we will uh, we will take a moment certainly uh, tomorrow and uh, and watch that. Do you remember where you were that day? Uh, I was
0: just uh, I was in the car. I was just getting home. Actually, I was doing morning traffic in a station, a group of stations, and and so I just finished up my shift and was getting home. Uh, I think I just got in and turned the TV on when uh, the second one hit. And just this whole sense of just awe mm-hmm. is what I remember. You couldn't believe what you were seeing. And that was just the planes going in. That was before the towers had actually fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, just looking back on it now and, and what's changed in 20 years, you know, and I think our outlook on on a lot of things on on, on the world, obviously with, you know, it's started wars. Um but beyond that, it just it, it's changed. I think our daily lives in so many ways. If you travel, uh, you know, getting on a plane is not the same as it was mm-hmm. 21 years ago. Um, you know, with uh, restrictions and checks and safety checks that, that happen as a result of so this, not necessarily a bad thing. You just realize there was a sense of innocence before that, mm-hmm. and it, you know, in the early 2000s as well. You know, I, I think you know many of us were were just getting cell phones. Uh, Regularly for ourselves, we weren't thinking of giving them to our kids no. at that point. But now, in the in the post nine eleven world, the thought of not being able to be in contact with a loved one should something crazy happen mm. uh, leads us to now where I've got a twelve year old and I don't even hesitate about giving him a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: and,
0: and and I
1: think that's part of post nine yeah. eleven now. You know, uh, when I look back, certainly. Um it's interesting like with today and, and what we've gone through in the last 18 months with this pandemic and how often we've had to talk about it. And to be honest, you know, it's some days the last thing we want to talk about. But you have to if something's breaking in the news. And it's been ongoing. As somebody has said to me, you know, a year and a half ago, every day you're going to talk about the same thing for almost two years. Mm. I would have quit this gig and gone, you know, ran, worked in a gas station or something. But... um When I look back to that time, I remember for weeks after, it was all we spoke about. And we never made jokes about anything. We never talked about anything lighthearted. Right. We never changed the subject. Every time the mics went on, that's all we talked about. And it was endless. Mm -hmm. And I just remember it being so incredibly draining at the time. And I would—I uh, was producing and kind of playing the role of sidekick to the announcer. And I would say, you know, should we book a guest on something else? And and we would always just decide there's nothing else to speak of. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the most popular topic in the world. Every, at the point, every, at the point. Yeah. Everything else just seemed shallow and pointless. Uh, the other uh,
0: unfortunate circumstance that I related to what we're going through now is the conspiracy theorists. Mm. And, and I mean, there's always been conspiracy theorists. If you go back, you know, especially through American history, whether it be the moon landing or the JFK assassination, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, but the the distrust of what was just you know a, a disaster mm-hmm. and a, a, a terrorist attack, where some people and some still feel that way today, that it didn't like didn't happen. There was, was an inside job. It was an inside job to you know, and think, wow, I you know crazy of a concept that that would be to do that yeah uh and and whereas we go through that same thought today that this is you know uh, there are those who feel that this is all a big conspiracy against them yeah uh and and that that distrust is you know it's sad it was sad then i still find it sad now
1: there's an article i saw yesterday in front of a magazine that showed uh, children i guess orphans or uh Children who had lost uh, one parent, uh, at least, in, in those towers or in those planes. And uh, they, of course, were either just born or were so young that they don't remember that parent. And just where their lives have gone and how they've been affected uh, by nine eleven. And I guess out of, and it was a you know a lot of children, of course, when you have 3,000 dead, there's many who, uh, who were born to uh, just one parent or lost a parent. But I guess the most famous of all of them being Pete Davidson, and he speaks... Very openly, and he even uses that pain in his comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, when he does his stand-up, well, he yeah, lost guess, his father. Right, he was a fireman. Yeah, but now I think he's dating, a rumor has it, Kelly Cuoco. So get out of here! Well, she, she just got divorced, and they're in a movie together. So the rumors are all afloat that he's now uh, dating her. So life seems to have worked out all right, <laughs> Pete Davidson. Do you know how happy and proud I was of myself yesterday? I, uh, went up to, uh, to our bathroom, uh, up the, the bedroom bathroom, and I noticed that the handle on the toilet wasn't working, so I take the lid off the back and the little plastic piece that's attached to the handle then then is attached to the chain. Yes, And snapped off. Okay. I, between my basement flooding, my fridge breaking down, and my toilet breaking, you got a lot of I, water issues. I, I blame my eldest. Everything <laughs> was fine till he moved home. Anyhow, I was so proud of myself. I actually went to the store. I took the old part, I purchased a new one, and I installed it myself. Now, I know it's just a little plastic nut that you pop Uh off, but for me, that's huge. And I didn't drown in the toilet, nothing. Good for you for popping the nut in the bathroom. (laughs) Wasn't the first, won't be the last. I'm available. And Maria came home and I left the old one. You know, like a cat will leave a dead mouse on a path. I left the old one to to show that I did manly work. had to prove. Oh, yeah. I actually did something. (laughs) Except you forgot to flush. (laughs) I don't know a lot, but I do know about debating because I do a lot of it at home. Um... (laughs) (laughs) And and when you have a debate, both sides should have the opportunity to present a point and then debate about it. Right. Not be cut off every 12
0: seconds. Uh, Yeah, Francois Blanchet Blanchet, by the end was saying like he's down four minutes to some of the other leaders. And there wasn't a lot of time to talk in all of it anyway. And so Mm. when you're giving up that much time, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, They keep trying to reinvent the wheel when really all they need to do... Is get the leaders on stage, mm. ask him a question, give them each a minute to answer, and then go. That is the classic debate format, mm-hmm. uh, and and why they keep trying to switch it up and switching up who's presenting and not like go to. Uh, I I got to it late. Mm. Uh, I was watching the the, the Leila Fernandez match, uh, who by the way was an incredible, won again, um, and then went from that high to the disappointing low mm. of of that debate, and by the time they got to like rosemary barton who does you know cbc politics or uh evan solomon who does this is what they do every day mm-hmm. across and across the country the you know rosemary barton hosts at issue that that's what she is known for is you know hosting a debate for canadian politics mm-hmm. every day on the cbc and You know, to leave her until the very end to ask, like, five minutes worth of questions is ridiculous. Just have her host the whole bloody thing because it makes it, one, more interesting, and two, more people will be informed, which is, I think, what they need in all of this. If people want to make an informed choice, you have to listen to what the leaders have to say. That being said, a lot of times the leaders are just going back through their, you know, talking points. They have you know, numbers or figures that they want to get in. Aaron O'Toole mm. really wanted to get in that point that Trudeau is spending $400 million more per day than we have. I mean, we're in a pandemic. Of course, they're taking on debt. Mm-hmm. But uh, once once you make that point three or four times, it's like a punchline to a joke. You can't keep saying it mm. over and over again, hoping to get a different reaction. Eventually, it people are just going to say, all right, dude, move on.
1: Well, none of them really, I thought, made any... Points that made me sit up and say, oh, I've changed my mind. And I don't even know in in my lifetime of uh, voting uh, and watching debates or following along to the extent that I do uh, that ever have I sat through a debate thinking one way, be it conservative, liberal, NDP, and had one of them speak so to me that it made me sit up and go, I'm changing my vote here. No,
0: it won me over. I don't think it should be. It, to me, it's scary, uh, you know, knowing politics or having studied politics. It's scary if someone could watch a debate and that sways their vote mm. for someone just based on not necessarily the policies because you're not getting all of that in this. Uh, just their charisma mm. on a debate stage you know and, and i guess there have been leaders in the past who have been that charismatic but at the same time you know i think they could sway you against someone mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe eliminate a possibility for you you know i i think you know maybe the biggest strike made there was enemy paul she did a pretty good job of you know defending herself and you know talking about trudeau and, and maybe not being a, f- a true feminist government. Yeah, she, gave him, she gave him a good shot. gave him a pretty good shot. He shot back with, you know, all the troubles that the Green Party has had in their leadership that he's not going to take any caucus advice uh, from her. Right. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that's, you know, if, if you saw that barb and thought, boy, I'm going to vote for the Green Party now because I want her as my prime minister, then mm-hmm. then you're not really an informed voter to begin with. Then.
1: I'm voting for the Let's Party. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that's my party. How are you lucky? I'm all right. You fine?
0: My right. How was your day yesterday? Uh pretty good. Yeah, a little sunshine. Went uh, uh, for a little evening round and played nine holes last night. You did? Yeah. Buddy mine went to the uh, the Oshawa Golf Club and played. We're playing there today well, look too.
1: Look at you, fancy pants. Uh huh. I went to the club. Look at you in your life. Yes, playing at the Oshawa Golf Club. Yes, playing You've- playing with my wife. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Don't you worry. We'll you have, got a little invite to play yeah. yesterday. Oh, we'll have. A, oh yeah, <laughs> from the lovely we'll, Maria. Yeah, good. Now you have two women <laughs> in your life who don't listen to you. Well,
0: it's her work. Like like apparently with like people from her work. Yeah. she texted. Yeah, and so I
1: was kind of reading through the names, and I didn't see your name. No, on not, I'm not. I'm not invited. Uh, no, <laughs> she she comes home yesterday and. She sheepishly says to me, "You know, you know this golf tournament because remember she had asked me uh, a while back about asking you to meet her at the driving range. Yes, any excuse to be around you. Uh huh. uh, To meet her at the driving range because she needs help with her game, and you know we play a lot, but." Neither of us really truly know at all what we're doing. We have a good shot. We don't know why we had a good shot. We're just happy we had a good shot. Uh-huh. So she'll always ask me, was I aiming the right way? Am I, am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? And I go, you see me play. How do I, how, how, I don't know what I'm doing. How the hell can I help you? <laughs> blind leading the blind. Right. So, uh, so at some point, either I suggested uh, or she brought it up about, you know, maybe asking you if you'd be so kind as to, spend some time with her and maybe work through part of her uh, her struggles wow. and um and so we had talked about doing that and 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 that never happened uh, or we just never got around to it we hadn't booked it and then so she comes home yesterday and she says you know i got this golf tournament and then i said oh yeah you were supposed to practice with lucky before that and she says yeah um so it's on the 23rd she said uh and I said, oh, yeah, I'm off that week. And she goes, well, you know, I was talking to Chris is her boss. It's at uh, Phantom Security. And she was talking to him. And I had golfed with them once before. They had uh, very nicely invited me out for for a round. And so they saw me golf. And uh, so that's why my phone isn't ringing. So, uh, so she says... Um, She's slowly getting to it for whatever reason. She's I'm, not sure. around the topic. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but she goes well. Well, actually, that's a lie. I'm assuming at the point she's get, she's trying to get to the point to say they would like you to golf in this tournament, but she knows it's my week off and I don't want to golf. Right, right. It's my time to just chill, and I don't want to golf. So, I at that point, I'm thinking that she's just trying to find a way to say, "Hey, butter you up to you go wanna, play. Can you come and join me? You know." Join me in this this golf tournament. So she's going on about it, you know, it's on the Thursday, it's a week you're off, it's for a charity, it's at Cherry Downs, terrific, you know, and I go, oh, Yeah, beautiful course, nice, nice. She says, um she says, so anyhow, and I go, All right, if you need me to if you want me to play, I'll play. She goes, There's a pause. <laughs> she says, They don't want you. <laughs> they want lucky. I said, oh, great. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And there was a side of me that, you know, I was like, I was kind of relieved. (laughs) <laughs> and then I thought, well, this is a downward slope I don't need. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've seen this in the movies before. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that's what I need mean. <laughs> A Boy. home wife and a golf <laughs> wife. Yeah, two women who won't listen to you. <laughs> that's us. right. Uh, and, and, and I c- could make it quite uncomfortable in here. Right. You yeah, know. I mean, I know we get on each other's nerves, but if this enters into the relationship, it's going to get really strange. <laughs> uh, I had, I was like golfing when I read the
0: text. I didn't like read it. I'm like, oh, golf 23rd with Craig and Maria. Okay, sounds good. And then I read it later. But oh, wait a minute. All, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I figured you had said no, like you didn't want to play it was your week off. Oh no,
1: no, I was willing to go. <laughs> they just don't want me. Does having more money ultimately bring more stress? Someone polled about 5,000 people, and a quarter said more money means more stress. Over half of those people said it's not true. Funny, though, people who make a lot were much more likely to say it's not true. In other words, most people who are well-off financially admit it doesn't make life more stressful. I mean, you know, there's lots of decisions to be made when you've got a lot of dough, like, are we having pheasant under glass for dinner right. tonight? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Which side of the dock to put to you know park the yacht that's on. That's right, that's right. Which uh, bathroom of my fifteen in my mansion should I use today?
0: Yeah, I, I think you know, there's the, the mo money mo problems. I think it's no money mo problems.
1: Oh, of course. And
0: and and it depends on what you perceive stress is, right? Because if you have a lot of money, uh, and you, you know especially if you've just come into a lot of money, then you've got a lot of decisions mm. to make but they're not entirely stressful decisions
1: and they're not yeah
0: and they're not life threatening no when you have no money yeah. and you've got to decide whether it's you know sleep under a roof or eat yeah that's that's stress that's stress you know if you have to decide you know which function you're going to go to and which charity you're going to donate to and it, you know those might be decisions that you have to make, but they're not really stressful ones.
1: When you're in any position where you can throw money at your problems, right? That's, that's a True. good that's a good position to be in. And i i would I would suggest that yeah, there's, I'm sure there's there's stresses and concerns, perhaps in the who can I trust uh, to help me manage this money? Who mm-hmm. can I believe in? Who isn't out just to screw me over? You know that type of stuff, especially if you. Show up, uh, uh, to a family function with a $30 million check in your pocket from Lotto Max. That's, that's one thing. Cause now you're just in a, in a pool you've never been in before and you don't know how to swim properly. Yeah. And that, th- that, that takes some working out. But I think that if you start a business and you build it, you know, you're like a Jeff Bezos in a way and that you start off with something small and it becomes massive. Over time, everybody just kind of accepts you with that money or understands. And I think there's a nice learning curve for you. I, I, I think it would be incredibly scary and intimidating to win a massive lottery. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely so. I mean, I'd like to try. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't say no. I'd take on those problems. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think, I think if you have a lot of money, it, you're always worried about people trying to take it from you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have money, you're worried that no one's trying to give you any. Right. right. Like sure. it's, it's, it's not that they're taking it from you or what little you have, maybe, but it's finding ways to get more of it. And certainly throughout this pandemic, you know, we've seen more with with less and mm-hmm. uh, less and less. And we're trying to do more with it.
1: Yeah. It's why I've never been really successful. I do- <laughs> don't need the stress. I mean, I'm, I'm brilliant, and I'm incredibly good-looking, and I've got it all going on. Right. I just don't want the headaches to come. <laughs> so I set that bar way low. I am a Venn. That's all we've ever done. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.